What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, Friday, April 22nd, 2022, we're going to talk a little bit about Camp Cam, the return of Camp Cam as the Dolphins enjoying OTAs, and discuss some of the sound bites from Tua Tungavailoa's midweek press conference and interview with the South Florida media. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Friday, April 22nd, 2022. The director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and another Friday, another week in the books. This time next week, we'll be, we will be in the thick of the 2022 NFL Draft. We'll be reacting to what uh, teams in the AFC East have brought in for what players. Uh, Miami probably not going to get in on the action until Friday night. So we, we got about a week yet, so stay patient. But that, that's fine. We got plenty to talk about, courtesy of the Dolphins and OTAs this week in Camp Cam and uh, the Dolphins, uh, they took advantage of my over-eagerness to talk about Chris Greer's pre-draft presser uh, on Wednesday uh, because I recorded the Thursday show as soon as the Greer presser wrapped. And then Tua had a press conference. And it was like, oh, okay, like that's cool, guys. I'll, I'll pocket that for Friday because there, there's obviously some really interesting discussion points that have come uh, during that discussion with Tua Tungvaloa, ranging everything from message to former head coach Brian Flores and uh, the current existing relationship with head coach Mike McDaniel and what we should expect from some concepts within the offense and all that jazz. But uh, I think we have to start today with the video that went up from the Dolphins on Thursday. And it was Camp Cam. And if you're not familiar with Camp Cam, they put a, a camera up with like a question like on the wall as the Dolphins are coming off the practice fields and into the indoor uh, part of the Baptist Health Training Center. And the question uh, for today, I mean, there were some really entertaining moments last year with that. But the question this year was, who was the funniest player on the team? And you got a lot of great reactions from the guys, but then, like, then it got me thinking, like, who would I put in that stratosphere? Like, who, who's on my short list for the funniest player on the team based on the personalities that we see from the outside looking? And I can tell you Christian Wilkins is very high on that list for me personally. So maybe, maybe this is my version of, like, the most entertaining personalities on the team and not truly the funniest player on the team because you got to see it from afar. But Christian Wilkins and Javon Holland uh, were two of the names that immediately came to mind for me uh, as I'm thinking about guys with a lot of personality. Uh, they are pests on the field in the absolute best way possible uh, in that they're good. They know they're good. They let you know when they make good plays uh, we've heard Christian Wilkins when he's mic'd up. And that's probably why Wilkins has an unfair advantage in my personal eyes as far as who I would choose to be the most entertaining personality on the team at this point in time. 
but I'm also really interested to see how some of the more young guys continue to grow into these roles. What does Jalen Waddle look like? I know he's got a great personality. You know, how does Tyreek Hill assimilate himself from a personality perspective into this locker room? It's a big mystery. Some of these guys are a little bit more business. It's fine. But from a, in the spirit of the question, and you heard some push for Solomon Kinley, you heard a lot of guys advocate for themselves. Um, Christian Wilkins didn't get too much love on the video, but that would probably be my my guy, my choice. Javon Holland uh, closely behind him. And I could see Elan and Roberts being funny. I know there was some some push for, for Roberts too. Um, I could see him being a funny guy. But I just enjoyed that look at uh, the Dolphins in training camp. And obviously, one of the big points of emphasis this offseason has been the chemistry and, and the relationships within the locker room and building a healthy workplace environment. Uh, Miami uh, kind of indirectly saying they felt that was an area of, of improvement for this organization uh, and, and the players and between the players and some of the coaches. And I certainly think you can uh, recognize that winning cures all, right? And last year was really tough with a seven-game losing streak to start the season after winning week one. But at the same time, everybody that we've heard from, either directly or indirectly, the focus has been on a better mesh. And seeing all the guys in, in that kind of light and, and in that environment, um, and obviously it's very early, right? Like we're not down into crunch time yet, but we're getting our feet wet and we're getting back in. And there's, there's a lot less of the roster turnover that creates the need to establish new relationships. Now it's kind of the, the group has gelled a little bit, and now you can add new pieces to that. And what that journey ultimately looks like for Miami is, I think, a very interesting one. But the early returns uh, are looking really promising. So uh, what I would love for us to do is to try to start a push to get a question and get it to the team for them to ask the team. So what I would like to do is I'd love to hear from all of you. What question, and no weird ones, no bozo questions, no trolling questions, but like what superlative question would you most like to hear from the team on Camp Camp? What, what do you want to see the guys react to? Um, I'd love for you to tweet at me at Locked on Fins with a PH. And um, I will mercilessly hound Travis, the godfather of Locked on Dolphins, and try to get him to run any good ones we get up the flagpole. But that's up to you. You guys got to bring the good ones. So that's my challenge to you in spirit and acknowledgement of the camp camp to try and get something great in place. If you want something great on your face, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price, polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. They will make sure every lost and broken pair is replaced. No questions asked. It doesn't matter what happens to them. They will send you a brand new pair. 
Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 reviews. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Camp Cam was fun. Uh, and we, we get the fun part out. It's Friday. You know, we get the fun part out of the way early. Uh, but Tua Tungvaloa on Wednesday met with the South Florida media and spoke at great length about a great deal of things. And I knew when I watched it that this was something that was probably going to dedicate a lot of time considering in the spirit that we did when Austin Jackson and Mike Gusecki uh, and Elena Roberts spoke the week prior. Yeah, there's a lot here to dig into. And um, I try my absolute best, as best as I can, understanding what the quarterback position is and how much it's talked about, especially with our quarterback and Tua Tagovailoa on both a small and national scale that he is a lightning rod of conversation, but I, I really try my best not to make him this weekly theme because I quite frankly am exhausted of the discourse. You know, I've got people in my mentions yelling at me for quote unquote, giving up on him after nine games or uh, betraying our quarterback, but I, I'm trying to have an objective conversation. You know, and I'm trying to be objective about who he is and where he can grow and what he can be and what I'm not sure if he can be. And that, but all of that is ultimately up to him. And we're only going to find out when he gets on the field and plays. And we're not going to get any clarity right now. But the discourse for him is as strong as ever. And in the spirit of what I just acknowledged, I'm still getting tweets about. I would like to acknowledge except for five or six quarterbacks across the NFL, every quarterback in the NFL is a scheme-specific starter with their own unique set of limitations. And Tua Tagovailoa will be no different. I do not think he is a transcendent starter in the NFL. I don't think that has to be a bad thing. I don't think that has to be an offensive comment to make. And I obviously want him to have success. He's the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And I like Tua coming out of Alabama. Top 10 player for me in 2020. So I got a lot of reasons to root for Tua Tagovailoa, but I do try to be objective, and that gets, quite frankly, exhausting. But when he goes down as many rabbit holes as he has, we got to talk about it, right? The first one that I wanted to acknowledge was: Do you feel a renewed sense of the franchise backing you this off season after so many trade rumors swirling in the past? And his response was as follows: I think it's pause dramatic effect i just feel like there are so many things that have happened there are a lot of changes a lot of good changes 
I guess with the people we've picked up and the guys we've acquired as well, their locker room feels different. We're all excited. Here's where you you get our first soundbite. This is the first time I've seen a lot of guys show up to phase one of OTAs and a lot of veterans are showing up to it. I think that speaks a lot to Mike McDaniel and the relationship he has with a lot of guys on the team and the amount of respect that he has from the players in the locker room. Okay. Uh, Shot fired. It it is. You know, and Tua will be diplomatic and he will be professional. Um, But sometimes you could say a lot by saying a little. And I think this is one of those instances. And you can continue to hear every... Here's what I'll say. Depending on who you ask, they will tell you varying degrees of differentiation between the divide and the split that was existing within the Dolphins locker room. But when you start getting quotes like this, or what you got at the Luau with Tua, about it's really cool to have my head coach, my offensive coordinator, and my QB coach here in support of me. This is the first time I've seen that in the NFL. Like those comments, like they are saying something, right? That, that, that's a very direct statement, even without coming out and saying it directly. Uh, so, so I thought it was interesting that it did not take Tua long to go there within this press conference. This was the second question. This was like his fifth and sixth sentences of, of speaking. And of, of course, the question steered them in that direction, but, you know, it it, it speaks volumes. He, Tua was asked about his primary focus of training this offseason, and obviously, if, if you've been keeping up with uh, Nick from Perform, Uh, who does training with Tua in South Florida and a bunch of other NFL players, including Dolphins wide receiver Lynn Bowden. Uh, You probably recently saw uh, some commentary from Nick talking about how they wanted to get stronger and leaner and more explosive, and they really feel like they've accomplished all those things from just a raw physique and athletic performance standpoint. But I appreciated what what Tua offered about his primary training in the offseason. He said, towards the scheme of this offense, I've been kind of switching up my footwork and getting on different footwork drills as well. That's really been it. Normal lift, conditioning, get in shape. But other than that, the point of emphasis has really been my footwork. To which I say, excellent. That's great to hear. And and he does, does acknowledge that it comes through the sense of fitting the scheme and conceptually what he's going to be asked to do more of versus what they were doing this past two years in Miami. But um, the footwork for Tua was an area that I thought throughout the course of the season, specifically when he was forced off his spot. And I think that's important to acknowledge because we do expect this offense to feature more rollouts and getting him outside the pocket, making sure you're ergonomically aligned to throw the football that's where you saw some of those throws over the middle that, that came out high or he missed high, not resetting his feet, re, uh, realigning the throw when he has a chance to set his feet outside the pocket when he's forced to move. Uh, that's where I think the biggest area of like fundamental breakdown was in his game last year that impacted his accuracy. And obviously, he's a very accurate passer, uh, but the spray chart 
you know, there was a lot of it in the intermediate to shorter areas of the field where when you got to throw with touch, but also velocity in those intermediate areas, you can't afford to not be lined up to throw and then have your base open. And now all of a sudden you're arming it instead of being a rotational thrower and uh, you end up sailing throws. So I really enjoyed hearing that as a quarterback, everything works from the ground up. I think that that's great perspective from Tua. And I look forward to seeing what the fruits of that labor bear this year. Uh, next question that I thought was interesting uh, invoked the name Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, what do you like about this offense? I believe you operated a similar offense with Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama, but what do you personally like about this offense? And to, he held it close to the best, but that's fine. So we've only had two days really getting into the offense, so not that much installed within the run, the run action, the play passes that we have. It's very similar to what I've run at Alabama, which makes, in a sense, a little easier as far as verbiage and whatnot, but it's still a challenge learning the verbiage, learning where everyone is going hearing Coach McDaniel or Coach Smith or whoever is in the headset trying to give the call and then relaying it to the team. Uh, that's something I've got to continue to get better at. And you would certainly expect that when you're really only in a couple days of OTAs. But, um, yeah, invoking very similar to what we ran at Alabama. And we obviously know the, the evolution of Alabama's offense. It conceptually had a lot of the same things but you had very different styles of, of offenses between uh, Mike Loxley, which was much more of a vertical wide open passing attack. And, and then Sarkeesian invoked some more of the uh, West coast principles and play passes and um, put a little bit more pro style stuff on the menu instead of just a lot of the verticals stuff. So um, hearing that, that there's going to be some overlap there for everybody who wants like Alabama to a, like, I don't, I don't think you're going to get Alabama to it, but you can get Miami Dolphins to it. And if that offense continues to become more well-balanced and continues to evoke the concepts that Tua has the most success with and the most comfort with, you're going to get the best version of Tua that you got. And I think that that should be enough, right? Uh, if you need a snack, Built Bar is enough. I promise you, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And best of all, you can visit built.com right now and save 15% off your next order. That is built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Um, so th there's some questions that were asked that, that kind of touched on Coach McDaniel and him being a cool guy and then having a good relationship, but we kind of already knew some of that. So I, I want to gloss over that. And I wanted to touch on a question about Tua and his mentality to leadership. And then obviously the buzzy comment was the one in regards to Brian Flores directly. So we'll, We'll start with the leadership question. How much work do you feel you've put into becoming a better leader and having more of a leadership presence on the team? And this is another like shot fired shot, in my opinion. I think the cool thing about being on this team under Mike is that Mike doesn't force you to be what you're not or what you don't want to be. If this is how you lead, that's all he wants you to do is lead the way you lead. He doesn't anyone doesn't want anyone to pull that guy to the side and tell him how bad his route was or whatnot and come back to the huddle. It's more like, hey, go talk to that guy. Tell him what your thoughts are. He'll tell you what his thoughts are. 
meet in the middle, and that's uh, what that is. For me, I'm not a guy to go screaming at the defense if they bust a coverage and we're trying to get some work. After all of that, when our set is done, I'll go over and talk to them and say, hey, we really need you guys to help us on this because if you guys don't give us the looks, then we're not going to be able to execute that right in the game. For me, my leadership role in this team hasn't changed. Just be myself. What more can you ask? And I think that's that's absolutely fair. And that's absolutely true. Because guys will, will sniff out if you try to be something that you're not, right? But what the initial reaction to the question was for me did make me wonder how much of the strife that existed to whatever degree that it did between the former head coach of this team and the quarterback of this team, that that head coach was a part of the decision to, to draft. And I know there's continuing varying degrees of opinion on who wanted who. And uh, I have my opinions on that based off the conversations that I've had, but that's a conversation for another day. I'm not, not going to open up that can of worms. Um, it certainly feels like when you consider where the previous head coach was from and what the demeanor of the previous quarterback that the previous coach had worked with in Boston was like versus what we know Tua is from a personality perspective. I am curious if that was a part of the friction uh, between the two, just not jiving because you've certainly gone out and found a coach that certainly jives more with the mentality of your quarterback. Uh, and that brings us to the last question. The last question is this. There was a lot said about your relationship with Brian Flores. What would you consider you and Flo's relationship to be? And Tua said, that's a big question. I will tell you this. I'm very thankful that he drafted me to come here to play for the Miami Dolphins. That's what I'd say. Excuse me. What would you get? Here's how off the mark the response was versus the question. As I'm sitting here reading the transcript, I thought I was reading the wrong question. What would you consider you and Flo's relationship? I'm very thankful that he drafted me to come here to play for the Miami Dolphins. That's what I'd say. Okay. Now, if that doesn't tell you a lot, again, you can say a lot by saying a little. And I certainly think Tua Tungvaloa just told you a whole lot. Whether or not that change results in the end result that we're all hoping for, which is the Dolphins winning more football games, Tua Tungvaloa being a significantly better quarterback and continuing to improve, and the Dolphins offense getting out of the 18th century, time will tell. But you certainly appreciate the fact that they did not rest on their laurels here because that was the question going all the way back to the seven-game losing streak before they started winning and turning things around. 
was, is this sustainable? And can the people in place, do they have the relationships and the networking to be able to facilitate the changes to keep the same leadership group in place and then improve what needs to be improved upon? And the Dolphins told you their answer when we got to the end of week 18. They think the answer is no. And at no matter what you think, whether you were pro-Flores, anti-Flores, pro-Tua, anti-Tua, remember, we're all Dolphins fans, and that's the most important thing. You have to appreciate the Dolphins took a look at this situation, and we're not content to say, ah, we'll get it right next time. No, they, they aggressively and actively made changes, and that is the theme to this point in time of this Dolphins offense and this Dolphins offseason. The fruits which we will reap, hopefully, in the fall. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks for checking out Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed. Make it a good one, and I will talk with you guys again next week.